Today's episode all about giving yourself permission to heal with Jacqueline Riccio. Welcome to the Run Smarter Podcast, the podcast helping you overcome your current and future running injuries by educating and transforming you into a healthier, stronger, smarter runner. If you're like me, running is life, but more often than not, injuries disrupt this lifestyle. And once you are injured, you're looking for answers and met with bad advice and conflicting messages circulating the running community. The world shouldn't be like this. You deserve to run injury-free and have access to the right information. That's why I've made it my mission to bring clarity and control to every runner. My name is Brody Sharp. I'm a physiotherapist, a former chronic injury sufferer, and your podcast host. I am excited that you have found this podcast and by default, become the Run Smarter Scholar. So let's work together to overcome your injury, restore your confidence, and start spreading the right information back into your running community. So let's begin today's lesson. We are almost about to kick off recovery month. It's going to be throughout the month of December. Already got my guests lined up. Started recording a couple already um, with your questions coming in. Thank you for if you have submitted your questions around everything to do with recovery. I'm looking forward to it. That We've got a huge, massive uh, guest lineup and some really, really big names, big researchers, which I'm super excited about to share with you. And everyone needs to know about recovery. So yeah, this that's going to be a good one. Can't wait to get started. But we have another two episodes before we delve into that theme. And one of them being Jacqueline Riccio. This has a bit of a backstory. So Jacqueline hosts the Actually You Are A Real Runner podcast. And I had featured on her podcast ages ago, but just most recently went on to be a guest uh And the title is Shift Your Brain to Heal Your Pain. And I I came on as a guest to talk around about pain science. So chronic pain, what your beliefs and fears and thoughts do to the context of your pain, how it impacts your recovery. And that's what the general topic was. And it wasn't until after we um, had the interview, we were sort of just chatting after we stopped recording and she was talking about her hip and knee pain and how a lot of what we learned or what she learned on that episode um, has really helped her and she identified a few things and I got to know a little bit more about her injury, not a lot, but sent her a return to run plan and that was it. And it was probably a couple of weeks later, she reached back out to me and she said, oh my God, I feel so much better from what you taught me uh, around pain science. She's done a little bit more research and she started taking some action steps and she is making huge inroads to recovery. And so she wanted to have me back onto her episode, uh, to her podcast. So I initially was episode 141, then came back on episode 145 because she had her story to share. She wanted to share the, um, the benefits she has made and the action steps she has taken towards that. And it was a great story. And she was so close to getting an MRI and seeing an orthopedic surgeon taking a really serious route. And 
Now she hasn't done any of that and is starting to see massive benefits. So she wanted to get me back on to talk about that story and kind of, I guess, confirm a lot of the um, lessons that I taught in the initial episode. And she continues to progress. And I thought after that interview, I was in my car. I'm like, you know what? This would be a great story for my listeners to, to hear as well. So reached out to her. She said she'd be honored to come on and to share her story. So that's what we do. We uh, talk about where she was when she first started, where she first started developing knee pain, how it progressed, how it manifested itself, what her, how debilitating it got. And we talk about all of those things and make sense of that. I talk about it in the episode itself, but if you haven't already, I do have some pain science episodes for a bit of, um, I guess, prior knowledge, something that you might need to know because it does get a little bit technical and just knowing the general concept around pain science is super crucial to taking full advantage of this episode. So I highly encourage you to go back. I think it is around about episode 16, 17, 18, something along those lines. I have those three episodes. Please go back, have a listen, and then we can delve straight into Jacqueline's story. So without further ado, let's bring on Jacqueline Riccio. Jacqueline, for our third interview in just as many months, it's uh, I'm excited because I don't actually know too much about your the specifics around your injury or like how it all started, and I'm excited to to go through it and the revelations you've gone through and the the I guess the story. First of all, thanks for coming on to the Run Smarter podcast. Yes, thanks for having me. I'm really excited today. Let's uh, let's delve into well before we talk about the injury side of things. Let's talk about you. Let's. Um, where, where do you live? What sort of, what's your profession? What, what do you do as a runner? Sure. Sure. So I am in the United States. I'm in Chicago, Illinois. Um, I am a certified health and life coach. I used to be a kindergarten teacher. Um, and that's kind of, we'll get into that today in the podcast, but I kind of got started with running, um, because I wasn't really enjoying my career. I wasn't really enjoying life and running became something that I did after school. And it was something that I really enjoyed. And then I started a podcast about running and I thought I was going to kind of go towards being a running coach. And I, I started like looking at certifications and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm not really, I run as a stress relief and I run as a hobby, but the whole like mechanics of running, it's not my favorite thing to talk about. Um, but really the, the reason like why people get started running and it being something fun, something that they enjoy in life. So I really focus right now. I've been working with people in the pandemic, um, that have kind of been dealing with like stress and anxiety because they're socially isolated and not really taking care of themselves. And I've been kind of going down the route of more health and life coaching. Yeah. And that's, is that the direction that the podcast is taking as well? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, um, weaving into like what's going on in my life and especially the last goodness, seven months I wasn't running and we'll get into that. So it was hard to talk about running because I wasn't running. Um, the name of the podcast is actually, you are a real runner, but yeah, I, it was, it was not, I was not running this past, these past seven months. So we kind of, I kind of got more into like, creating habits, taking care of your mental health, just being an active person. Um, yeah. Very good. And I think we'll delve a little bit into the psyche, the mental health components of 
like just talking about your injury. And I think a good starting point would just to be take us back to the start. How talk us about what were the initial symptoms like and what happened at the time. Yeah, definitely. So when I started, I was thinking about this prepping for this episode and I was talking to a friend about it and I was like, I never actually got injured. There was never, there was never something that happened where it was like, oh man, I'm hurt. It was kind of this thing that crept up, but I, there is a caveat caveat to that. Um, so I started running in 2014. Um, my 30th birthday was in December. It was my golden birthday 30 on December 30th. And I was kind of in this place in life where I was like, Oh, I don't really have anything going on. I don't love my career. I have, I'm not happy with anything. And running was always something that I really wanted to do. And so that year I trained, um, semi-trained, just practiced running for a couple of weeks and ended up running a 5k, a turkey trot right around American Thanksgiving. And that was the first time that I had ever run a race. And I was really excited and really proud of myself. And then winters in Chicago are terrible. I kind of didn't really run after that 5k and I didn't really run that December. And I think it was that January, 2015 that I was like, all right, you need to, you need to get something together. Like you can't just fall back into being on the couch again and not doing anything. So I came up with this brilliant idea. I'm going to run a marathon this year, right? Right. I've only ever (laughs) run a 5k. I should run a marathon. And I think I talked a little bit about this on the, the last time I was on your podcast, but what's interesting when I go back and I think about it. Um, so I, I went, I trained ish that year for the marathon. And I remember getting to one of our longer, long runs. I don't know if we were supposed to run 18 miles or whatever it was, but I made it to mile 15 and I had this sharp pain on the side of my knee. And I was like, I can no longer continue running. Um, we were my boyfriend, husband, um, we were at the, the bear stadium in Chicago. There was a bears game going on a football game. And so there were a bunch of cabs and this is like before Uber we're like, let's just hop in a cab and go home. So we hit mile 15, we hopped in a cab, we went home and I was like, Oh my gosh, my knee hurts. Um, when we, when I was thinking about the marathon, I was like, Oh gosh, like what if this happens during the marathon? What am I going to do? And I remember talking to someone, um, he was an ultra marathoner. And he told me like, ah, if that happens, you know, just tie something around your knee, just tie something around your knee and like make it tight and that, you know, you'll be fine. So when I look back on this, I'm like, Ooh, interesting. (laughs) That's where this idea of this like rule that I kind of developed in my head. If my knee hurts, I should tie something around it. And so during our marathon, probably around mile 15 or mile 16, Um, my knee started to hurt. It was on the side. It was like this sharp pain. Uh, Paul wrapped his handkerchief around and then I, we finished it. I run walking a lot of walking, but we finished the race, whatever. Um, I did not have any pain after the marathon. Um, everything kind of just went back to normal. But I think that again, like I said, that rule was created in my head. Ah, if it hurts, just tie something around it. And so as I continued on with running, I ended up running, I think two more marathons and whenever my knee hurt, (laughs) I tied something around it. Um, but then it kind of became 
my knee hurting all the time. Right. And it, again, there was never this like, oh my gosh, my knee cracked in half or this something, but it was just like, it just kind of crept up and I can't go back and I can't pinpoint when did this start to happen? Like, like what, like what happened? I, I don't remember it exactly, but it just started to become something that I always wanted to have something wrapped around my knee. I also started to notice when I look back, I had this weird ritual where I like wanted to crack my knee. So like, um, I wanted to like extend my knee so that my kneecap cracked. And then I would like stretch the back of my knee and that like that weird ritual happened over and over. Anytime I notice any like discomfort, I wanted to do that. So we could be like walking in a mall and I would have to, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to do something about my knee. And I would have to like stop and do this thing. And it would happen if I had something wrapped around my knee, I like wouldn't do that. So it was just, I don't know, a lot of weird things (laughs) happening, uh, with this, um, around when I look back, I, I remembered I wore something wrapped around my knee to my brother's wedding. I wore something wrapped around my, my knee to my wedding, like under my wedding dress, I had a knee thing on my knee. And I also started to stand differently. When I look back, I realized the back of my knee, it was the back of my knee that was starting to hurt and it felt uncomfortable to stand straight. And so I started doing this weird thing where I was kind of standing crooked, but like, and then my, like my hips, and then I started experiencing hip pain because I'm standing weird all of the time. And so I, I know that I went to physical therapy but they said, oh, you're a runner. This is runner's knee. You're not doing enough strength work. Here's some glute exercises, right? And so kind of, I kind of did the glute exercises, but didn't really, um, never really saw relief. And then I also kind of stopped doing the glute. I kind of just stopped. I, I wasn't really doing it because I wasn't seeing um, anything change. And also, I, it never, it was like, it hurts to, to do these exercises because the back of my knee hurts and no one really addressed that. Can I chime in? There's there's kind of like a period of time when just quickly chiming in here to let you scholars know, I have just updated my five day injury prevention challenge. This is one email per day for five days, learning new concepts and diving into the science on how you can reduce your risk of injury. The sign-up link is in the show notes, so fill in your details and I'll be waiting for you in email number one tomorrow. You said that you experienced pain on the outside of the knee during the marathon, but recovered after that, but thought, you know, if it does start to get sore, I can wrap something around it. Mm-hmm. There's that time. And then it gradually got to a point where it was just sore all the time or you're protecting it all the time and strapping it like, it seems like more frequently and in, in between that time, were you still staying active? Were you still running? Were you still engaging in strength work? No, no. So that, I think during that time, there were a lot of things that were happening in our life as well. We, um, we were traveling a lot and we were, we had just like moved. We were living in Atlanta and we had gotten married and we moved back to Chicago and we were like kind of traveling went to Thailand. We went to like a bunch of different road trips. So the, the staying active part, 
it was, it's like, did I stop being active because of my knee or did I stop being active because I no longer had like this set schedule and a gym, um, or a personal trainer or like a running program. It kind of, I don't know. I think it was probably both where I stopped doing a lot of like intentional exercise. How long ago was this marathon when you first described the knee pain? The first marathon was in 2015. Okay. So we're talking a while ago and yeah, then yeah. between then and say wearing your like, or just tying, strapping the knee for your wedding. Like how long did the, how long was that period of time? Say that again. So I'm just trying to get a, a glimpse as to when the knee first happened, the knee pain first came on to like the point where you started constantly being hypervigilant yeah. and strapping the knee and making sure you, how long did that span take? Yeah. I think so it was, yeah, the fall of 2015. And I think I noticed I was like being really crazy about having to have something. I mean, I mean, I remember my brother's wedding, which was December, 2017. I know that I had something wrapped around my knee and I kind of complained, like, I can't stand for that long. I was a bridesmaid. I was like, I can't stand for that long. It's painful for me to stand that long. Wow. And then I know I was very insistent about having something on um, my knee for my wedding in May of 2018. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a long time. How did you, I'm guessing throughout that, those years, the knee pain slowly tended to go from the side of the knee. Cause that's where you originally described it somehow worked its way to the back of the knee. <clears throat> Was there any rhyme or reason for that? Or it just slowly migrated the way, or all of a sudden you started paying more attention to the back of the knee? I don't know. It's that's the part that I'm, I'm so confused about. And I've never had like any sort of diagnosis in anyone talking about the back of my knee because every person, every specialist that I went to see was like, Oh, you're a runner. It's runner's knee. Oh, you're a runner. It's runner's knee. No one ever like addressed. No one ever like, I don't know. I don't know what was going on with the back of my knee. Okay. And did you still think it was runner's knee over that period of time? Did you feel like when you couldn't stand for long periods of time, did you think, oh, it's, it's just a really severe case of runner's knee? I did. Cause I, I did have a little bit of pressure when I extended my knee. If I tried to force myself to stand straight, I would feel a little bit of pressure on my kneecap. And it never occurred to me that this might not be what everyone is saying to me, because in my head, I think I talked about this in my podcast. I'm like, my belief is, well, I'm bad at science. I will listen to the people who are experts at science and whatever they say it is, um, that must be it. I also, so during this period with, on my podcast, I had interviewed people, movement specialists who were kind of talking about people who were maybe older and not active. They were inactive, sedentary people, um, talking about losing their mobility, losing their freedom because they were inactive. And I think I started to create some fear around like, mm. ah, Jacqueline, what if you, because you've been neglecting this thing and you're just wrapping something around, you know, around yourself, I did start to like create more fear. Like, what if you've really messed up your body? Like, what if you like it, what if that's it? Like, what if you have messed up your body because you have not gone to fix this thing and it's still there. What were you using to type your knee? Oh, let's see. <laughs> I had, I had like, a, um, so many different things. I had, originally, I had this like black sleeve that I would just, um, pull up. I think I got it from like a sports store 
And then it, it got like stretched out. So I like folded it over to make the compression a little tighter. And then I got, um, like a strap that I could wrap around my knee and I could pull it tighter. And then at one point my husband had surgery and had like, uh, the wraps and I started wrapping that around my knee. Sometimes if I couldn't find my knee thing, I would grab a handkerchief and tie that around my knee. Yeah. Anything. Wow. Okay. Getting I know. <laughs> Like embarrassing, like, ah, well, it's good that you, it's good that we can sort of take a little, like we can be in your mind a little bit and have a a good descriptive idea of like what you were thinking at the time, what your beliefs were. And you've mentioned that you sort of create this belief once the knee saw strapping, it would help. You kind of create this belief around, yes, it's runner's knee. Um, We probably should be resting it or we should be working on glute strength looking back on it as well, is there any other advice or any other beliefs that you think generated or manifested itself due to potentially like um, seeing a health professional or just doing your own research? Um, I think that I, 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 I had a lot of anxiety that I have, I've messed this up. I have not done the, the self-care that I should have done. Uh, look, this is more evidence, Jacqueline, that you're a mess up, that you're a failure, that you can't do anything right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so kind of that like anxiety that those, those b- limiting beliefs that I have about myself bleeded over into this with my knee. Yeah. The other question I had written down was like, knowing what you know now, what do you think, or is there anything you can identify that was um, the most unhelpful for your recovery do you think it was that component do you think it was thinking that you've messed this up you're a failure you you know you've you've really done something to your body or do you think there was other aspects that might have been really unhelpful in the initial periods I think that (laughs) I struggle with this I feel like I wish I had been more of an advocate for myself I wish that this is hard. And I, I know we've talked about Google and Google searches. I wish that I had taken the time to kind of like Google some other stuff for myself because it felt like I was putting so much control into experts that I was seeing and whatever they said, I was like, oh, okay, sure. Okay, sure. Yeah. I'll spend money on that. Like I went back and I looked and it's like, I spent money on physical therapy, I went to see the physical therapist said to go see a doctor. I saw a doctor. I got x-rays. I got a cortisone shot, cortisone shot. I got, um, naproxen pills to take pain relief pills. Um, they told me to get an NMES machine. It was at the beginning of COVID when, um, everything kind of shut down. So they're like, Oh, just get this machine. This machine's going to like pulsate on your glutes and, Um, I just, I felt like I kept like looking to, to people and whatever, but like when I stopped and I just kind of like actually thought about stuff, I was like, they're not even addressing the thing that I'm saying is in pain. And when I started to like Google, Hey, I have stiffness in the back of my knee. This is like they, and they never addressed that. I actually also went back and looked at some emails that I sent the, to the doctor. And I was like, I am constantly thinking about my knee. If I see someone on television walking and they don't have something wrapped around my knee, I start to feel nervous for that person that that person's going to be in pain. Right. And so there were things that like, like 
I, I kept asking, I kept saying these things and those things weren't being addressed by the expert. I kind of wish that I had looked for someone else, whether that was a Google search or finding some other expert that would listen to the things that I was actually talking about. Yeah, this is super fascinating. I think before I, I kind of want to delve into my interpretation of what's going on, but before I do that, can you explain how bad it got? Like at the worst stage, what were pain levels like? What were like function levels like? You did mention that you were scared to stand still for long periods of time. Can we maybe just delve into that a little bit? Yeah. It's hard for me to talk about pain because I hate the pain scale. And meanwhile, while all of this is happening, my husband had just broken his heel, had a calcaneus fracture, um, um, was bedridden for a while, had surgery and then more times. So it was really hard for me to talk about pain. Cause I was like, he's an actual pain. So I would call it discomfort. So when I would go to physical therapy, I was like, I can't call it pain, but it feels it's discomfort. This is not comfortable, but then it kind of increased. And I, like I said, like I was standing weird and I felt discomfort in my knee, but I felt pain in my hip to the point that there were some days that I couldn't lay a certain way because my hip hurt, um, to lay that way. Um, the knee thing though, the discomfort started to definitely interfere with life and like the anxiety around standing up and the, oh my gosh, I can't stand because that's going to bother my knee or, oh my gosh, I know that my glass of water is three feet away, but it's going to hurt to walk those three feet. I'll just let the glass of water sit there and wait till my husband comes by and ask him to get it for me. Or, you know, like, Hey, let's take the dog around the block. I don't, I don't really want to do that. You know, people talk about walking, being a stress relief. Well, no, like that created stress in my head, like, like picturing myself walking around the block. Like I was just like, Oh, that's gonna, that's gonna feel so uncomfortable. I don't think that I want to do it. So it wasn't like the pain in my knee was discomfort, but the anxiety and the thoughts, the number of thoughts, the number of anxious thoughts that I would have about just simple movements. And I'm in my thirties. Like, this is like, yikes. This is like thinking of this. It's scary to think like, would that be the next, I don't know how long I'll live, but the, whatever, how many years of life feeling that anxiety. Um, and I think that that was when I started to notice like, I got scared of the, for the, the girl that was walking. When I noticed that that's when I like reached out to my doctor I was like, I need to do something else. And then that's when she was like, Oh, maybe we should get an MRI and you can go see an orthopedic surgeon. And I was like, gosh, yeah, is that where we're at? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This fits perfectly into the topic of pain science, which is where I appeared on your podcast. And we started mm-hmm. delving into what pain actually is, how it manifests itself. And, if someone isn't familiar with the pain science, I don't want to delve into too much because I have passed episodes on that, on pain science. I've got three episodes earlier in the podcast. So um, I'll include those links in the show notes if people don't fully understand that. But when I'm hearing your uh, story and hearing around what happens with the injury, you've, you've got this initial belief that, okay, knee pain, you were running marathons at that stage. So quite strong and the pain was coming on mile 15, mile 16. So that's showing 
like how strong you actually are, how much you can tolerate at the moment. But then you had this, um, you've manifested this belief that, okay, I should probably brace or strap my knee to protect my knee when it is sore. And that's probably triggered a couple of thoughts being, okay, it probably needs protection. It's probably um, not strong enough to tolerate, you know, what certain levels. So if I'm feeling a bit iffy about it, or if I'm a bit apprehensive about doing something, let me just strap it. And so that creates a belief. And that, like you said, those constant thoughts of like, will this cause my knee pain? Will this cause my knee pain? Will this cause my knee pain? Even though that might not have happened in the initial stages, it's actually like the the seed of what might manifest moving forward. And then just going through your story, I'm, I'm hearing like your ability to tolerate <clears throat> exercise or tolerate loading or tolerate strength has just like diminished and your confidence to do certain things is slowly starting to diminish and the thoughts of the uh, stress provoking thoughts are becoming greater and greater and greater Mm -hmm. which kind of wires the brain to think that everything around the knee is painful and will be painful and you're not strong enough and you don't have the confidence and linking the the thoughts of knee pain with stress and linking it with where what's my future looking like and linking it with like have I really messed up my body? And you even um, talked about on your, your podcast that there's, there was, you thought you were a bit of like a fraud having being a host of a running podcast and not being able to run because of this knee injury, which then strikes a whole bunch of other emotions in yourself as well. This is just constantly manifesting <laughs> chronic pain. It's like the the anxieties and the emotions that go along with this is a, a perfect recipe for chronic pain to happen in the future and is what, what is happening. And so do, do you agree with all that before I, before I move on? Yes. Yes. All of that. Yes. And the, the fact that you were putting your control into these authority figures and these health professionals and these people who are supposed to have the answers. They're meant to help you with your knee pain and might've actually been contributing to there's something wrong with the knee. You know, let's get these cortisone injections because there is information. Let's get these scans because we might find something else and let's, let's go from the X-ray. Let's go to the MRI. Let's, oh, we're not getting anything better. Let's go to a surgeon. Like all of these are really disempowering and not taking control into your own hands and they're taking your control away and putting them into a professional, which is, which are telling you, you have so many problems with your knee. You need to do all these things when in fact, it might just be the, the brain creating a whole bunch of these beliefs and a whole bunch of these thoughts and emotions, which is that needs to be addressed before anything else. And I think that's kind of where it, it was kind of a bit of a revelation for you when we're explaining the pain science, because we didn't really talk about your, your condition specifically, but just the general concepts of pain and then relating that to you. You're like, oh my God, I think I have some of these beliefs that aren't helping me. When we jumped on to your podcast and we're talking about this topic, what do you think some of, what were some of the biggest revelations that you went through Do you think are helpful for you now? There was something, now I don't remember if it was on my podcast or when I listened to your three, but you said something about there there's a certain amount of weeks that someone should take uh, for something to heal, for something to get better. And if it doesn't get better, 
maybe there's something else going on. And I think when I heard that, it was like, huh, interesting. I, I have an email that I sent to my doctor. Like I've been doing these physical therapy exercises for like a year and a half and nothing's getting better. Or like I've been doing them and I stopped running for several months and it's not getting better. And so on that route, it was like, oh, well, we better go and see, like, it's, it's probably something more serious. But when I heard you, it was like, oh, well, maybe it's not actually as serious as, um, you're believing it to be like, maybe, maybe you can actually go for a little bit of running. And that was, I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. And what were the first changes that you made? Like once you had this education around pain science, what did you change around your day-to-day stuff and what did you start implementing? So after you, so what's interesting too, I don't know if I said this, um, I like when the universe sends you what you need the day before you had messaged me on Instagram and we were talking about the podcast, I had just reached out to go see a different physical therapist, um, in person, someone that was not the people that I've been going to and something fell through with my insurance. They needed to like contact me. And I had just messaged with you. And I was like, you know what, hold on. I'm not going to go see you. Let me kind of explore this stuff with pain science, because this is really interesting. And maybe there isn't anything wrong with my knee and I can kind of figure this out. So after I spoke with you on my podcast, um, I think I was like, all right, I'm going to go run. I'm going to go run. Um, but I was too afraid to go run. I was, I was, I was way too afraid to actually go running. So what I did, I make kind of a compromise for myself. And this goes along with like the small habits and kind of like easing into things and harm reduction. I was like, okay, what if you don't have to go start running, but what if you just stopped wrapping something, wrapping things around your knee? Like what if you just started there and you just started moving about and walking around without anything wrapped around your knee. And so I kind of made that compromise with myself. I also gave myself permission. We have this ice pack that, that you can wrap around your knee. I was like, if, if I need to wrap something around my knee, that is the only thing I'm allowed to wrap around my knee, but no more wrapping, um, any of these bands around your knee. So I probably did that for like two weeks where I just kind of like walked around and I was like, all right, you know, and then when there was that urge, Cause there was that urge and that, that like, because it's, it's been there, I've been in this habit of wrapping something when there was that urge to wrap something, I had to remind myself like, Hey, actually your body didn't just magically like crack in half. Like you, you, you have been able to walk around without the things. So what if you just let it go? So I kind of just did that walked around. Um, and we went on some longer walks as well. Um, I remember we were, we walked, like a mile to a restaurant and then, um, walked a mile back and I started to feel some pressure on my knee and I started to get like really frustrated with myself. And then I was like, you know what? No, like this is something that you said to like, what if there is a flare up? It doesn't mean that we throw the whole plan out. So it was just like, oh, okay, cool. There's a little bit of pressure. It's a, it's a little bit of discomfort, more discomfort than I like. Um, I think I went home and I iced it and then the next day it was fine. And so it was probably about two weeks of just walking around without anything on my knee. And then I was like, all right, <laughs> Jacqueline, you have to start running. Like if you keep pushing this running thing off again, you're like letting the fear manifest. 
you're letting it linger. So you actually have to just go and run. And so I used the return to running plan that you had. And I wrote it out in my little notebook and I was like, okay. And I wrote the dates and I had the column and I was like, I'm going to write notes about how it goes. And I just started with that. I can't remember if it was three minutes or four minutes, whatever it was, just a minute on minute off. Um, and it felt so good. Oh, it felt so good. And honestly, like nothing happens. Like it was fine. Um, I think that there was like a little bit of tightness afterwards, but like it was fine. And so that, like, I had to keep reminding myself, you're fine, Jacqueline, you're fine. I've had this affirmation up on my wall. I wrote it in September, but it's like, my knee feels normal. My body moves with ease. It's fun and exciting to move. Like I wanted that to be true in September and it's, you know, two and a half months later, but it's like, that's true. Now my knee feels normal. <laughs> like it's fun and exciting to move. Um, but it, it will, it was a lot of baby steps and like a lot of me having to pump myself up and like encourage myself. Yeah. And start <clears throat> developing some confidence and start knowing what your capabilities are. I should probably mention as well. So that return to run program that I sent you is just a very gradual um, run one minute, walk one minute. Yeah. The first one is walking for five minutes and then doing three rounds of running for a minute, walking for a minute. So you do that three times and then you finish with a five minute walk and that's it. So all in all, you're running for three minutes and all in all you're outside um, taking in some fresh air for a good, you know, 15 minutes, something like that. And then if everything is totally fine and you have an experience like a major flare, even in your case, if you had a major flare, I'd say continue anyway, because we're not really trusting pain signals, but the idea of the the return to run program is if you feel okay and can progress and you go to the next level, which is instead of three rounds of on one minute, off one minute, you're doing four and then you do five and then you do six and then you work your way through the week. Then the next week, instead of doing one minute on and off, you're doing it like a two minute run, one minute walk, and you just slowly start to integrate more and more running. And along the way in, in your case, you're like, I, I can do this. My knee's fine. And along the way, the brain starts to be like, you know what, we're capable of doing this. There's no threat. There's no anxiety associated with it because you know that you can um, start performing it. You start to create these, this self-belief and then you start manifesting your own positive beliefs. Like you said, when you were running the first time, it feels so good. It feels good to be out. It feels good to have a plan. It feels good to be progressing towards something. It feels like all those emotions are like that, that positive manifestation, whereas the opposite was the case when every time you think about walking or every time you think about running, there'd be fear and anxiety. Whereas now it's a, a positive kind of experience and you're sort of reconnecting the, the neurons and you're reconnecting the wiring that's going on in your brain to something more positive. And so it's really nice to hear. It's really nice to hear that you have the the opportunity to like be open and try something different. And even though you have those fears and anxieties, calming yourself down and reminding yourself, you know, it's okay. It's okay. And uh, the confidence and the ability to do something new. So well done. Where, where are you at this stage uh, in your, I guess your return to run plan or where are you physically at at the moment? Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about something. So I'm up to 10 minutes, um, uh, one minute that's still that. And that feels great. great, Wonderful. Um, and then I'm also just, I'm spending, um, well, 
a couple things. One, I don't have that, that fear of the like, oh my gosh, my cup's three feet away. I can't get it. It's like, okay, I just get a bit and get the cup. And it's really funny when I realize like, oh, I haven't even thought about my knee at all today. Perfect. Like it was a constant thing. And when you realize like, oh, that anxiety is no longer there. Those anxious thoughts are no longer there. That's crazy because those anxious thoughts have been here for years, right? Like, so that's always fun when it's like, oh, I haven't even thought about that at all. Oh, and then, and you know what actually usually happens is when I realize that I haven't been thinking about it, I'm like, oh yeah, I do feel a little bit of pressure. It's so funny. Like my brain's like, oh yeah, the knee is still there. And so I'll notice something. Um, But I, but then I just remind myself, you're, you're fine. You're okay. I was doing squats. Um, I think it was last week. I was doing some squats uh, with a bar and I remember feeling like, oh my gosh, you need to stretch your knee. You need to extend it. You need to do this thing, do your ritual. And I was like, I kind of just stopped for a second before I did it, before I fell through with it. And I was like, what do you fear is going to happen if you don't do that? Like, what do you think is going to happen? And then I kind of just like stood there and I pictured myself and I was like, I fear that my knee is going to crack in half and my body is just going to like tumble. And then I laughed and I was like, that has literally never happened. You've been doing squats for the last 10 minutes and you're increasing weight and it hasn't happened. You're increasing by like 2.5 pounds on each side. So five pounds total, your body is not going to just crack in half from an extra five pounds. And so it was interesting to like kind of delve into like, what is that fear that you have right now? And then be like, well, that's a, like, that's ridiculous. That's not going to happen. You're actually safe. And then I was like, okay, so what if I didn't, I didn't do the little ritual and I squatted and I was fine. Um, but it, it's, yeah, it's been really interesting to be able to build up again, to feel confident in this. And, um, yeah, it, I mean, it feels so great. I, I, I wish I, I feel sad that I didn't have running this whole time during the pandemic, but I'm really happy that it's back. Yeah. And I'm glad that you're like creating your own beliefs in, in this whole experience. You're like, Oh, first of all, you, you've got this self-awareness to identify the own past beliefs and be like, Oh, that's just a belief. I, it's just something that uh, I can change. And then moving forward, you're creating your own beliefs moving forward. Like, in a positive direction. So it's really nice to hear. If anyone is in your situation, like a similar situation, this could be, it doesn't have to be knee pain. This can, this manifests itself in a ton of other injuries. And I also share the experience when you are injured and you're constantly thinking about a certain injury. Like right now I'm dealing with some foot pain and the last couple of days, it's probably got to the point where every time I stand up and start walking around, I'm like, how's my foot doing? You know, how's it feeling every step, that kind of thing, which I'm starting to recognize and, you know, doing my own work. But if someone is going through similar experiences to you, what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned that you would, um, that you'd like them to know? What's some, some words of wisdom or some experiences that you want to get across? Hmm. That's a good question. I think that there's a couple of things. One, I think one thing that was really important for me that I, that has definitely helped with my, um, recovery and my healing is that I've been active in other ways this, this summer and this fall. I think that had I said, Oh, I can't run anymore. 
I guess I'm done and just sad. I know I, it would be so much more harder to get back into the swing of things. And so I really found other ways that I could move my body. Biking didn't hurt me. Um, I was, I was doing CrossFit with, with something wrapped around my knee, but biking did not hurt me. And so, and also like doing just like stretching and moving my body. So it, it felt good. And it doing that helped me like build up these beliefs that like, okay, cool. I can, I can move my body in other ways. Um, I think also kind of everything that you said when it, when it comes to like our beliefs, our thoughts, our emotions, our actions, our outcomes, and how that, like that, I think it was really important that I've done a lot of work around that outside of my knee. And so when you started to say like, oh, this is related to your knee, I was like, okay, that makes sense to me. But had I not had that like background knowledge, I probably would have been like, no, I need another cortisone shot. Like, no, I need to go get an MRI. So I think doing research around that is really important for people and starting to understand what's happening with the brain and getting a little bit more um, educated so that you can be an advocate for yourself as well. I think that like, it's important to talk to experts who know what they're talking about, but it's also important to do the work on your own so that you do know what's happening and you understand it and you can speak up when you're like, well, like, or ask questions. Um, the last thing I want, this is random, but like, I think that one thing, like when I talk about being able to like note my thoughts or like note my anxiety or my fear and kind of question it. Um, one of the things I started doing since the pandemic was really getting into meditation. Um, actually we started doing it because of my husband's pain. Um, and I had heard that meditation would be helpful for his pain, um, as he was going to sleep. And so we started using headspace and they have like, uh, different meditations on chronic pain. And, um, yeah. So it's, it's been, it's been a lot going on, but I would, I would suggest those things. Um, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Your podcast, actually you are a real runner. And if we've got that and people, if they want to uh, head over and start listening, they'll find a couple of episodes with me as well on there. Um, is there any other social media handles or anywhere else that you produce some stuff or if someone has any questions they can go to, to reach out to you? Yeah, definitely. Um, they can go to my Instagram. It's Jacqueline.Riccio.Stover um, or they can email me at CoachJacqueline at JacquelineRiccio.com. Right now, I am helping people create kind of how I talked about being an active person. That's been really helpful for my mental health. So I have a really easy way to um, work with me right now. It's $7, seven US dollars just to create some sort of action plan um, as we head into, well, it's winter here in the States, but I guess it's starting to get warmer by you guys. Brilliant. I'll add those all in the show notes and just want to thank you for coming on. I think sharing this experience and being so open and honest about it is, um, I really admire that. And I, I really want to thank you for sharing that. The fact that you've had the, the self-awareness, the maturity to go away from like the, the health professionals. And I think a lot of people in your cases go in the other direction. They start relying more and more on the health professionals. Yes, I need another scan. Yes, I need another cortisone. Yes, I need help. And they they constantly lean more to the other way. So it goes to show that you've had this, a lot of maturity, a lot of self-awareness to, to head in the other direction, at least try it and see how it goes and start um, breaking down some of your beliefs, start trying something new. And it might've been your background with a little bit of like, um, health and wellness kind of background that you decide to 
do this meditation, the, all that kind of stuff, which definitely helped your cause, but it shows that it takes a lot of like self-control or like at least some ability to start healing. Once you make that decision to empower yourself and, you know, start healing on your own and not relying on someone else. So I want to thank you for coming on and sharing a story and for having that control to, to make the journey because you've done all the work and you've found all the right information. And yeah, it, it seems to be a very positive start, at least in this road to recovery. So congratulations. And thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for everything, Brody. I couldn't have done it without you. I really appreciate you. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Run Smarter Podcast. I hope you can see the impact this content has on your future running. If you appreciate the mission this podcast is creating, it would mean a lot to me if you submit a rating and review. If you want to continue expanding your knowledge, please subscribe to the podcast and get instant notifications when a new episode comes out. If you want to learn quicker, then join our Facebook group by searching the podcast title. If you want to take your learning to the next step, including injury prevention principles, injury-specific insights, and modules to boost your running performance, then head to our website by searching runsmarter.online and jump into our Run Smarter online course. Once again, thank you for listening and becoming a Run Smarter scholar. And remember, knowledge is power.